Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another one of my fireside chats. I thought I would give you guys a little insight and more intimate look into me, the author, Miss Luciano. How I began, I think I've been writing all my life. I am an incurable romantic. Not a hopeless one. There's a huge, huge difference. Incurable romantics are usually in touch with reality. (laughs) But unlike most women, I love Jane Austen, don't get me wrong. I love her books, but I actually fell in love with Lady Chatterley's Lover by D.H. Lawrence. Agatha Christie, Agatha Christie. Um, Even though she wrote many mysteries, there was something about her mysteries that were so powerful. Her characters just jumped out of the book, off the movie screen, and they spoke to me. And of course, I'm a huge fan of Shakespeare, who cannot be... But I love writing. I scribble every chance I get. And I want to talk to you about about what inspired me to write Ignited Bones. Of course, by now everyone knows I've changed. I have a new editor, Miss Mary. Miss Ma- no, Miss Mary, as we say in Georgia. <laughs> she is something. Miss Mary split me open. And the words just started to pour out onto the page. Being a veteran, you see a lot. Um, Especially in the relationship department and the love department. Especially between officers and enlisted. So some of this I wrote from my own experiences, of course. And my friends, my battle buddies, etc., etc., But I wanted Major Bobby Glenn, I wanted to humanize him. He's a, yes, he's a natural, a national treasure hero, so on and so forth. But also he's, he's a guy. He's, he's a Southern gentleman, Southern roots, traditionalist. I am a Southern traditionalist, of course. And I have to be honest. I dated a lot of Republican guys, <laughs> and I found them fascinating. Their stories, their, they're very human once you get to know them, and vice versa. Most of them realized that I wasn't off the cliff. <laughs> I was actually more of a centrist, and I love that. I love interracial dating. I think that there is something warm and wonderful and different there when two cultures come together. But back to the story. You have a millionaire soldier, a billionaire socialite from Charleston, in love with this Haitian beauty, this strong, tenacious Haitian beauty, who just can't seem to land where she wants to in the love department. She's so focused on control that she forgets that she's human. 
and she can't control everything in her life. And this, their love becomes this massive, epic adventure. They're going from Charleston to Miami, mixing and mingling, and James Foxington the Fourth is so ridiculously wealthy. He is determined to settle. L down and make um, Sable Ann down, I'm sorry, and make her the lady of the manor. She is not having any of that. So she thought. She had a different plan. Where's Major Bobby Glenn being deep operative, black ops? He's in and out of her life. She knows that to be with him. She would have to make a drastic, drastic change to her life. And if she, if she can't control it, Sable Ann doesn't trust it. So she's sort of feminine and masculine in the emotional department. You can thank the military for that. But she's seen a few battles. She has some battle scars of her own. She's a national treasure as well. But I wanted to bring them together. I wanted the reader to feel that struggle. To actually get into it. And in this particular story, the woman is actually the rescuer versus the men coming to rescue a damsel in distress. Now, they may start out having to get her out of a few spider webs here and there emotionally and mentally but in the end they realize that this is a gem of high price she is the one and they come up with this plan that is so fantastic and so real but so heartwarming to just to maintain a position in her life. And to me, that's where the incurable romantic part comes in. To write a story, a good romance, love story, I think it has to have more than an antagonist, protagonist, etc., etc., etc. You need those challenging dichotomies. And I use that word a lot for a reason. And what I mean by challenging dichotomies is this. You need to challenge those norms. But you also need to cherish them at the same time. You have to challenge and cherish. Challenge and cherish. But the reader, as you're reading, you get a sense that you feel like you're caught in a film noir. I tell all my readers and fans that my book, don't think of my books as a book to film. Think of it as a film to book. And when you see it that way, it's different. Because the dialogue is continual. There is so much dialogue going on. But at the same time, the characters say quite a bit with their gestures and with their eyes physically um, they're southerners and we southerners you know we have a way and I was a debutante 
My mother was a debutante. My aunts were debutantes. My daughter and my nieces and my grandbabies are debutantes. So, of course, I'm going to put that old South traditionalism in it. But I try to merge old world cliches with new world nuances, which gives me that niche neo-novella or novel, per se. But I was influenced by, oh my gosh, Agatha Christie, Toni Morris, Langston Hughes. Langston Hughes wrote beautiful poems, but they were also great love stories, too. I was into art, painters, playwright, Charles Bibb, um, Charles Goodnight, so many, Gamboa, uh, Gamboa is one of the most romantic, even though he's Hispanic, one of the most romantic, most powerful, beautiful paintings you'll ever want to see. Um, There's a painting by an artist of color called The Beauty of Color. Powerful, powerful mediums in there. But those were romantic to me. And they were very inspiring. Um, Don Stivers, who did a lot of military artwork. Um, Jesus, I could go on forever. The Florentine Monks. Um, just every. I was at the Getty Center when they did the Florentine paintings from all the monks. A total spiritual romantic experience. I've traveled the world, across the country and back. I've been to Biltmore. I go to Biltmore for inspiration. Christmas and in the spring, I do the wine tours, everything. If you're not inspired by Biltmore, I, I can't. I, I can't. I have no words for you. But um, I think I've read just, read just about everything by Jane Austen. I love the Bronte sisters and who else? L- loved Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley did not get the recognition I feel she should have. Yes, she wrote Frankenstein. What most readers do not realize is Frankenstein's monster was about her relationship with who Percy Bysshe Shelley, who eventually became her husband. But he and Lord Byron were so cruel, vicious, and indifferent to women that they hurt everyone. And it was Lord Byron's idea at a gathering at his house that... Everyone wrote a ghost story. But instead of writing a ghost story, Mary Shelley actually wrote a a love story about men. And to me, it was the perfect encapsulation about what it feels to be abandoned by someone you love and how their cruelty can be monstrous. And to turn it into Frankenstein's monster 
to me was an act of brilliance. And what most people don't realize is for years, for a year, year and a half, I take that back, she had to publish the book under the monster who hurt her, Percy Bysshe Shelley, before the publishers would publish it because she was female. I find that perfectly appalling. But I say this only to say, to relate to my readers, how in depth I go into my writing. And yes, you know, my stories, they're going to, the first two chapters are going to drag just a little bit, but then we pick up. We pick up so fast. You won't be able to see the light of the day because this next novel, Love and Leisure with Men of Eminent Merit, you got the three stories. How do I put this? You have three stories. The, um, well, I won't tell anyone. I've told you all that already. I'm trying to see how I could say it politely. <laughs> you know, I'll just say it. The unforgettable Republican. The reason he's unforgettable is because the character for so long thought that he was this staunch deep red Republican only to find out that he's more moderate than she is as a Democrat, as a blue dog Democrat. And to his shock and awe, as a Democrat, she is more right than he is economically. So that's what I mean by those sliding dichotomies, you know, when couples come together. But imagine this couple being interracial. I mean, the bell was ringing on the bell curve. <laughs> they were so far above the bell curve, they literally hit their vertical limit. But these were the, those powerful political conversations. They were this aphrodisiac for them. Exchanging cultural differences, cultural information, just blowing to hell all preconceived notions. He didn't realize that she was a golfer. She kept that to herself for years. She went to the United States Golf Academy in Plymouth, Indiana. That is the kumbaya of golf clubs. And for him to realize that they had all these things in common, his company was in trouble. She walks him through what he needs to do. She was just that she smelted part of her strength to his backbone and that kept him going. And they developed this relationship that became so powerful, infectious. It infected everyone around them. But they were also partiers. They loved the glitz and glamour of Buckhead Atlanta. Everything was, let's go in a limo, forget the parker cars, go in a limo, etc., etc. And he would open up that unlimited American Express card at her leisure. And she would open up hers 
just throw it in his face. And I think to me, that's just wonderful. But then you had the major here, whenever he came back from his missions, he, his PTSD was so gut wrenching that she, he needed her to wrap her soul around him to heal him. And the reader gets to feel this, understand it in the words and the writing. And, you know, I don't write with 25 cent words to impress. I write with 25 cent words because that's the way I speak. That's the way I write. Because, you know, Ebonics is not my thing. And I'm not really, I'm a suburban girl. Been a suburban girl my life, my adult life mostly. So... I don't really know too much of that urban jargon, but I try to make it relatable for everyone. You know, I don't write it my books for rogue scholars, but I do write it for the rogue scholars who are interested in reading that type because everyone needs a break from life. There's just way too much craziness and books take, take us to a place of tranquility, of intrigue and interesting. It's just in a whole nother world. And that's what I try to do with my books. And I think that's the part of me where most of my readers and colleagues and friends do not get to see. But I wanted you all to get a look inside me, who I am. I love, love, love to write. I love love. I love a good love story. I love a... An epic love story. I'm not a let's run off into the sunset kind of girl at the end. That frou-frou stuff ain't me. As a veteran, there's no way I could even possibly go there. Because it's just too unrealistic for me. So that said, um, I hope you guys... Well, you got an earful for me tonight. I love doing these podcasts with you guys. Um, I'll be doing four podcasts a week... One for all my political buddies, one um, book related, group related, and they will be done on Mondays and Thursdays from now on going forward. I'm not going to do it every day because I do have a life. I have children, family, grandbabies, and I need to just really enjoy my life right now. And I've just come off one of the worst battles with pneumonia and flu I could ever dream for myself and my perspective on life completely changed but I'm telling you guys that said dive into the books don't worry about yes the first five or six pages will drag a little but I do that to pull you into the character's mind into their ideologies into their struggle so that you can make that relatable to your lives, your interest. And it's something different. It's time for something different. Plus, I got tired of reading books where women of color were hyper crazy, hypersexual, hyper this, hyper that. And you know what they say, if you can't find the book that you want, write it. And that's what I did. And with Miss Mary... She is continually splitting me open and pulling those emotions out of me. 
that I really keep hidden from the world. But you'll find them here and there in my writing. I am so grateful for your support. So grateful for you all's insight, your comments. Let's continue to interact. Let's continue to support each other. Love, love, love you guys. You make my day. And I hope to talk to you soon. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on Thursday. That said, have a great and phenomenal week. But never, never, never lose your childish inclinations. They are what keeps you inspired and what gives your life spirit. Thank you and good night.